They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. Uh, before I introduce my guests, I'd just like to do a little bit of quick housekeeping for my $15 or more patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, and Mark Price. Thank you guys very much for the $15 or more um, level. I will say your name and you will be forever in infamy buried in hours and hours and hours of me talking. And for my brand new patrons, Jeremy and Seth Decker, thank you guys so much for joining and I hope you enjoy the content. As a lot of my shows go, this week's episode was brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Each week, hosts Axel and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline, talking everything from comics to long-forgotten movies and TV shows. If the darkest timeline has you down check out the geeks with shields podcast for all your nerdy needs and with that because nepotism reigns free here the geeks with shields are my guests guys introduce yourselves yo i'm axel i don't have a rank necessarily but that's lord commander ulrich how's it going it's like a beastie boy song there for a minute <laughs> actually i've been listening to a lot of some 41 the last couple days so Maybe it's kind of like getting into my tone, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, we're we're always, uh, we love to be here. So So with that, um, you know, you guys, this episode will be airing after our uh, um, Watchmen episode. But we are yet again delving into the Chris Chipman didn't really know anything about Warhammer. And now he's going to learn stuff about Warhammer, except I've been reading a little bit about Warhammer because of these two fine gentlemen's book club that they've started. Um, So I know a teeny tiny bit, but through um, some talking um, between me and Ulrich, we kind of honed in on a topic for this week's episode. And we're going to be talking about, and if I butcher this, I'm sorry, the Adeptus Mechanicus. You got it right. Woohoo! That's, and that's something that, uh, that's going to be mostly Ulrich. Like I said, most of my, I, I'm not nearly as knowledgeable as Ulrich as much as I like it, but I have a lot of knowledge on the orcs and I have the basic knowledge about the, like the primarchs and stuff, but the Adeptus Mechanicus is, that's pretty specific. (laughs) Well, what's cool though, is you, you gave us in the last one, we kind of did. I'm kind of surprised. Go ahead. I'm kind of surprised that you picked this one, given that you're an engineer. I don't know, was it the name, or how did you come to this? I'm, I've, been, I've been wondering. Um, I did a quick read, and it just sounded fascinating. Because the Adeptus Mechanicus, from my understanding, are almost like a bastardization of engineering. <laughs> which, which, which I'm fine with. Um, I, I, think, I think it'll be great. Yeah, because basically they are the, the like the engineering core of the Imperium, except that it's also like a religion, and you know you gotta please it's your machine spirits and yeah, all oils and stuff. Look at, I, I mean, you and I are both engineers. I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer, and I feel sometimes the only way certain types of math work, particularly thermal type math and flow type math only really works if you sacrifice a tick a chicken to the engineering gods anyway so um uh you in know my in I'm my case for it. yeah yeah in my case it's usually like the electricity and a capacitor like the specific right. level i just anyway <laughs> 
So, so you, anyway, uh, we're so anyway about- I was I, I was going to say, you know, Axel was able to in our um, Warhammer 101 episode, which, you know, was a was a big undertaking. But you guys did a great job on dialing me in. You gave a lot of background on the orcs and the stuff that you came from. So I guess as we talk through the Adeptus, you know, if you have like a counterpoint or a, hey, that's kind of like this thing over here, you know, people have at least heard that little smattering so we can have a apples to apples thing if we need to. I suppose. I, I feel like, at least from my perspective, uh, I would be most interested in what terms you are aware of and, like, elaborating on them. But before we get into that, Auric, why don't you give us a general overview of what the Adeptus Mechanicus is? A uh, real general overview is they represent the other half of the Imperium <sighs> From the religious standpoint, from basically a lot of things. They are the descendants of the colonists that went to Mars. And when all the bad shit went down, they formed their own society and their own religion and their own way of doing things. To the point that they were so powerful that when the Emperor didn't conquer them as much as he struck a deal with them. Because he couldn't spend the time fighting a war with them. uh, They build everything. They are in charge of all machines and all research and everything goes through them. They are part of the Imperium, but also autonomous. And that the thing that covers for now. I mean, there's a lot more we can go into, but I don't want to just, you know, ramble all these words at people. It's also now, important to to know that in the in the Warhammer 40k lore, there is a war that occurred. I mean, there are many, many, many wars that occurred, but there's a specific one that occurred, I believe, sometime in the like the Dark Age of Man, or maybe it was before the Dark Age of Man, but it was with a, a race called uh, the Men of Iron. And the the various like bits of information about this are actually very like scattered, uh, so it's kind of hard to pin down exactly the details. Here's but what you need to know about the Men of Iron. The Men of Iron were Terminators that almost destroyed all of humanity and we banished them forever and said, okay, guys, AI is bad. Agreed? Agreed. Everyone agreed that AI was evil. And that's like one of the central tenets that AI is evil and must never, ever, ever, ever be done to the point that it is called abominable intelligence. Now, yeah, so does, that, does that belief span across the entire Imperium or just the Adeptus? That is one of the core foundings because literally the Men of Iron developed planet-destroying weapons and no one really knows how they were defeated but they were defeated and it was just like this this is from like long lost times that have trickled down that everyone remembers something happened once and it was bad so yeah. so my, not get my point of bringing up the men of iron is that they are a a a point to very, very superstitious about technology like all kinds of technology and why uh, generally speaking how tech is used by humanity, the Imperium of Man, is that you've got the Adeptus that builds things, and everyone else basically only cares about stuff they can find. I use that word very specifically. They don't bother inventing new tech. The obsession is finding old tech from the the Golden Age and using that. Well, the Mechanicus view... Relics. That is, you know, gifts from the Omnissiah 
that should not be tampered with because when he made it, it was perfect. And a lot of times it comes from a technology called STCs or standard template constructs, which we there we go on this of the universe that yeah. Hey, so this is STC is literally one of the most important pieces like acronyms in all of Warhammer. It, all it is really is a database. I mean, it's actually more than that, depending on how you look at it. But the the ultimate, the holy grail of man is to find a fully functional STC. Yeah, because they're not allowed to make any new technologies except from STCs. Now, they can make modifications, but if they make a modification, then it has to be reviewed by the Mechanicus to decide if this was an okay adaptation or it goes against religious creed and must be destroyed. Goddamn religion getting all over my science. Oh, okay. that's... That really interesting hybrid. What's funny is one of the most important, I think we talked about this before, but one of the most important things with the Imperium of Man when it was like first exploring, or not first exploring, but when the crusade, the great crusade of the emperor was happening, is that the emperor wanted to spread the imperial truth, which was one of secular secularism. The emperor was firmly of the belief that uh, superstition and religion was like one of the most damaging things to humanity as a whole across its entire existence. So he was very much about stomping that crap out. Now, you know, 10,000 years later, the Imperium is basically ruled entirely by either religion of the Adeptus Mechanicus or the religion worshipping the Emperor himself. <laughs> so, uh, right, and that's so, – so So, a question to where that falls into the timeline of the – without, you know, delving too much into the Horus Heresy because we're, you know, doing that on a separate thing. That currently is dealing with the, you know, death of a, <clears throat> quote, Emperor, a false Emperor – um, and the emperor that all of these guys are actually following, um, which did that false emperor have a timeline that led up to him? Oh, Do you know so, what I mean? I uh, and mean, again, it, only because yeah. I don't know a ton of the backstory, but I know, okay, this guy did some shit. He, he took over this planet, kind of pretended he was, he was the leader and had all the backgrounds. And, um, then they wouldn't leave that shit alone. They're like, no, we're going around and we're, we're assimilating across the galaxy. Sorry, planet that's kind of just doing their own thing with this false emperor, but we're not going to let that shit go down. Um, how does that play in when you say, you know, emperor that did secularism? Is that the non-quotation marked emperor in his line leading up to him? Or for, is that... For sake of conversation here, if we use the term emperor... We are specifically always referring to the emperor of mankind. The, gotcha. the, guy, the guy who was the false emperor in, in that book. Again, I haven't read the rest of the book, so I can't tell. But mostly what's going on in the Great Crusade, right, is up to that point, like most of um, the colonies of humanity that had been out in space hadn't been in contact with each other for several thousand years, like 5,000 years or something like that. Right, Ulrich? It's a weird floaty timetable, but basically bad shit happened and nobody was able to talk to anybody that was outside space travel range. There was no intergalactic communication. So uh, people so that kind of false. Yeah. So that false emperor was basically he was not a quote unquote false emperor. He was an emperor of his planet and solar system and whatnot. Gotcha. But the emperor of mankind is a very specific entity who is the emperor of all mankind, whether they realize it or not. <laughs> Following now. I just wanted to make sure I clarified that for my brain. Um, and then, <clears throat> so we've got these Astartes guys um, who are, you know, 
um, biologically engineered super soldiers, it would seem. This yes, is the those, idea. those are space marines, by the space way. Space marines. Yep. Yeah, no, we I'm use following. the term space marines. That's Astartes. Cool. And they're part of the Imperium of Man, right? They're upgraded man. Yeah. So is Adeptus Mechanicus a belief structure within the Imperium of Man? Like, would the Astartes have, have people that are Adeptus Mechanicus and aren't? Or yes. is it... Like tech okay. priests? <laughs> yeah. Well... What you have for the Adeptus Astartes or Space Marines are tech Marines, who are Marines that go and study on Mars, and they learn all the secrets, and they kind of have dual loyalties to their chapter and to the Adeptus Mechanicus and the Omnissia. And that's its own thing. Then the Imperium has tech, like the Imperium proper, like Imperial Guard, they have tech priests, which are lower priests of the Adeptus Mechanicus they loan out. Because, like we said before, all technology has to go through them. They hold the monopoly on it, and no, you know, you cannot touch their toys without their oversight. So they are—they're their own weird thing. They—they they, they hold all the power because they make everything. They have their own religion. They have their own priesthood, and a couple times, well, there's the whole—they uh, used to be called the Adeptus Mechanicum, and then the Horus Heresy happened, and they said, "Screw you, we're going to do our own thing." And then there's been a couple other instances they've kind of gone, we want to do our own things, so we're going to go over here. And the Imperium went, no, you get back here. <laughs> I mean, literally, Adeptus Mechanicus basically is just Latin for, like, skilled with machines or has the secrets of machines. So, Yeah, no, they're kind of cool because they're the only religion the Emperor allowed in his Great Conquest because he knew that he needed them and he even depending on how you read it he is their omnissiah or the physical embodiment of the omnissiah which is their god who they believe represents the perfect harmony of man and machine that's especially true in the current state i suppose <laughs> yeah well he shows when he first shows up on mars he does some stuff and there's well, it's, it's a later story we might or may or may not get to and he even kind of caused that schism early on because half of the uh Mechanicum was like, oh, it's the Omnicide. And the other half was, no, he's just a dude. But, and that kind of led to the great schism. It, I, I'm finding it amazing. And I, I know this is a tangent off of the main thing, but it just, it's, it's allowing me to put um, people in places and things that I've read already into perspective. But it's amazing how, like you talk about this, this fandom has a lot of people that take the wrong thing away from it. Surprise, surprise, I'm only three chapters in, or five chapters into the book and can go, I get why Nazis latch onto this. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's a bummer because, it, like with many things they latch onto, they're not getting this. This whole book is about a guy, like so far, at least the character we've been following, that is good at what he does because he questions it. And because he doesn't like fully go along with it and everybody we're meeting so far, like the guys doing like the big speeches to like train um, and all that are being written in the book, like basically laughing it off. Like, yeah, wasn't that a bunch of bullshit, you know? And so it, it, it amazes me that, you know, I get it. Fant fantasy has a lot of this, right? They got people that only read the one main through line of, hey, that's someone that I read is a master race person doing cool thing. And I can be that guy because I'm entitled. You know, but but they forget that, like, I'm reading this and going, this is this is fascinating. Um, 
and I, I don't know if Ulrich told you this one, but it's a, it's a little joke for me with any fantasy novel, but I, I, I always joke that these types of books, even though I love them, when you read them out loud, it sounds like they're being written by a sentient Thothorith. Thothorith. Yeah, especially if you're not familiar how, with the, uh, yeah. the jargon. How many ways can you say gore and disembodied? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But 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 no, I love it. I'm I'm really happy you guys got me into this because I um I can't stop listening to it. But anyway, See, but... I I've always felt that Warhammer is one of those things that it it's easy to read it as being too self serious. When as far as I can tell, the reality is it doesn't take itself seriously at all. And what I mean by that is actually it's so serious into the realm of self satirization, like mm, yeah. the level. The level of gore and grimdark is like not meant to be anything other than like how ridiculous can we make this? Well, don't even the don't be constrained. Dark is a joke because it's it's like Edgelord. It's doubling down on what it is. Yes. And they've kind of reined back because they used to be very upfront in how goofy they were and like, eh, this doesn't sell so well. We're gonna rein it back. And it's still there. And the problem is people either ignore that. Or people go and see, ooh, fascism, or ew, fascism, and that's as far into it as they get. No, it's it actually... is disappointing when uh, Ulrich has a tattoo for the Imperium of Man, and he has been it has been mistaken to be a fascist symbol at least once that I know of. <laughs> oh, it, it happens quite a lot. My family gives me endless amounts of shit for it. Oh. And I've had strangers come up to me and question my genetic lineage. Oh, no. Everything yeah, but that sense is disgusting. Yeah, Ugh. darkest, darkest timeline indeed. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> one thing I want to mention is, as you read the book, um, I don't know if the emperor is ever actually going to show up. I mean, he's going to have to, considering it's the Horus Heresy is a big part of. Anyway, but the the emperor, you got to remember from how um, the material presents him, and there are other interpretations, but. I don't want a, an inquisitor coming to my door, so I'm not going to be spouting any heresy. But the uh, the emperor is basically as perfect of a being as you can um, get, and even then, he still makes mistakes. But my point is, the emperor is this like nearly omnipotent, ancient being that the the way that the imperium is constructed, uh, even at the point where this, the the book's taking place, right? Like, there's kind of a uh, what is the thing from a few angry or a few good men, a unit core God country, right? Was the thing that yeah. they were talking about. Yes. Well, the Imperium has a similar thing, except that like the emperor always comes first before anyone. Um, and that sounds like a really dangerous, that's the kind of dangerous thing to latch onto. But then you remember that the emperor himself was always very upfront about how like the Astartes, which are the ultimate symbol of Warhammer are something he, basically regretted requiring like they are a tool a weapon but he the emperor was always very intelligent and thinking and not and not like constrained by religious superstition or things like that and the fact that i need these these weapons to murder people is an unfortunate necessity <laughs> you know I'm not yeah, sure where I was and, going with that. No, but. no, and no, it, it's true. And and I love how, you know, to jump right into a book that mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know how much had come prior prior to this, but just Nothing. I want right. To jump right into something that should be introducing its 
characters in a very um, rah rah. These guys are awesome. Light. It's choice to be like, no, we're gonna focus on this one guy that sees some shit, questions it, and then that's like how we lead you into the story. I was like, wow, all right. I didn't expect this. Well, let's go with this. No, <laughs> and, and I realized that that is a great book to introduce someone into 40k with because the less you know, the more fun the discoveries are. Right, and it the world building is insane. I can see. I mean, j- even just reading your basic info here after having that little sniff of like how the world is laid out, it's like I can see this stuff. And um I think it's really cool cuz I didn't know how much I needed space high fantasy but apparently i needed it <laughs> so all right and in, in the interest of uh terminology yes. again Continue so you on. A, a few times use the word omnisaya we mentioned omnisaya being essentially the 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 adeptus mechanicus version of god and it's basically the perfect blending of technology and and man is there any other important information you really need to know about the omnisaya Ulrich? uh he speaks in binaric code Oh, that's not frustrating. (laughs) Of course he would. And that all of the tech priests speak both English and binaric. And some, well, the other cool, like the big thing you know about them is their whole goal is replace as much of their biology with robot parts because that makes them closer to their God. And one of the first things they replace is their mouth because communicating in binaric is so much more efficient because they're also all about efficiency. Hmm. Which also leads to uh, any art associated associated with the Adeptus Mechanics. I mean, a lot of the art associated with Warhammer 40k is pretty awesome, but pretty hard to look at as well. But Adeptus arts especially uh, horrifying <laughs> a lot of the times. Like they're I, big potentials because it's purposeful. Why have I just you picture? Have... I just picture a ton of weird HR Giger mixed with steampunk stuff. When, oh yeah, when I think, yeah, yeah. That's a good description. Uh, one of the other cool things that. It's kind of been there in the background, and they've just started to decided to bring it forward. As a whole, they are gender neutral or gender non-binary. And like, no, biology is kind of dumb and pointless. So today, I am whatever I want to be. Like, there was a book recently. I can't remember what it was called, but the main character was a Hugh was a high-ranking tech adept, and he referred to itself in eyes and its and we's because it didn't oh, understand royal. the point of. In gender terms, because it's moved beyond that. I will say also as a, a side note here, I know we have the Sisters of Battle, but to me, I've always thought that it would be a really easy and fitting retcon that Space Marines could have started off as any gender and that the process of Space Marining them makes them genderless. Because it seems like you look at the definition of what an Astartes is and you look at like pictures of them and they already look pretty barely human to begin with you know what i mean it's it's interesting because having no background in it i actually read it that way and maybe that's just a progressive brain reading it but i read it as okay are you know are these guys guys only because they're holding up a traditional like military sense of brotherhood and it's because it, they even say when they they do like their big welcoming ceremony of um um our our guy there into their group he's replacing Sir Janus there and he uh they go you know hey don't be scared of all of this you know weird religious hoity toity stuff with the moons and all this this is just we have to keep this stuff alive and I, so i read that as you know is the whole brotherhood and like you know rah rah gears of war thing they got going on also just you know this is a soldier is supposed to be like this and it doesn't really matter if we started as a 
a girl or a guy or whatever because we've been turned into these guys. You have just stepped on one of the biggest landmines in Warhammer 40k. Yeah, happy to do well, it. That's why I wanted. To, that's why I wanted to plant my flag there because here's the thing: like Warhammer 40k, when it was created and for most of its existence, has been very male oriented. That's just an attribute of when it was created and what its audiences and things like that. This is why we had like just Sisters of Battle were like a delegation. I've just always felt like you already have this whole like chapters and uh you know pages and pages of material on basically how the Astartes transformation is so intense anyway that you know they're basically not human anymore. I just I don't know. It always seemed like yeah, a there's natural... literally no good reason for them not to be women, but if you don't want to beat off trolls for the remainder of your natural given life, you just don't talk about it. Well, if you try to beat off the trolls, they're just going to keep coming and coming. So, <laughs> yeah, anyways, uh, circle back to think. No, they just make Sorry. it cool because they really are a whole. They think gender is dumb because that soft, squishy human parts, and they are all about moving beyond soft, squishy human parts. So, why should gender terms matter? That does come into conflict, though, with uh, this idea. I remember I said earlier how the Imperium in general doesn't really invent new things. Uh, the Imperium can be described in a lot of ways as stagnant. It like it's at one point, him. yeah, at one point the Imperium was like unarguably the most powerful force in the Warhammer galaxy, and they have only gone gotten weaker since then essentially and they they don't evolve so change changing in any way is like inherently dangerous in their mindset you know and well, evil we can kind of touch on that one in the dark mechanicum i was gonna ask who are the dark mechanicum and why do they hate them so the originally during the whole Horus uh, pre-Horus heresy era the adeptus mechanicus was known as the adeptus mechanicum everyone was unified and working together, and everything was good, great, and grand. Uh, there was kind of this underlying tone, though, from some of them going, why do we have to serve the Emperor? He says we can't do what we want. He says he's the Omnissiah, but there are no gods. I want to go do my own thing. So when Horus said, hey, I'm going to flip some shit up, you guys want to come along? They're like, yes. And what if I put demons in machines? What will that do? I don't know. Let's try it. And that is the Dark Mechanicum. The Dark Mechanicum represents change all the time let's do it let's do crazy stuff it blew up in my face cool try it again and yeah they're known for making demon engines which is literally they force a demon inside of a machine and sees what happened to see what happens oh that's a fantastic idea and it's typically through sheer force so just imagine a guy beating a demon with a wrench into a very small box oh that sounds like my job yeah and <laughs> that is kind of the apotheosis of why change is evil. It's like, we tried change once, and look what happened. Our whole planet fell into civil war, and there are big, scary flame rape bots. You know, your description makes it sound like uh, the Dark Mechanicum. Again, I don't know that much about the Dark Mechanicum, but they sound like they would be very much in line with uh, Zenich. Yeah, very much the Zenich. Very- well, they don't really apply to the whole Chaos Gods so much, but they are. Change is good. Uh, staying the same is stagnant. And no risk, no reward. As a quick sidebar, uh, Chris, Big do you, fiery do you remember? Bots? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh. chaos, it's crazy. But as a quick sidebar, Chris, do you remember anything that um, about the the chaos gods? 
Yes. Okay, well, Zinch specifically is the bizarre, ever-changing architect of fate. He's basically the god of change for change's sake. So that's all I want to sidebar. <laughs> oh, is, is he the reason why the Terminator movies keep changing their views on fate? Yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> no, the joke Except is that, that, I don't not bitter at all. There's, there's only two Terminator movies. I don't know what you mean. Oh, that makes it so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so yeah, this the Dark Mechanicum represents the evil side of the Mechanicum. We don't have a lot of lore on them outside of that. Fingers crossed that they're going to get a tabletop army and a bunch of new models and a bunch of new rules, but they are the mechanics for chaos, and their whole thing is, I'm just going to do whatever I want because I can. Hell to the consequences. Chances so, are good. Anything we talk about in the Imperium, there is a chaos version of it that you can just imagine being the same thing, but with spikes and or demons. So. Yeah, that's that's a good shorthand. So what, um, you know, the Adeptus Mechanicus, what do they look like? Are they... Are, do they look like Astartes? Do they just look like regular Imperium folk? Like they, what's there? Well, there's well again, remember he mentioned Tech Marines. Tech Marines would be like the Astartes versions. Gotcha. Uh, it's got a big Roboclaw and some cybernetics. Is but, it? Does mm-hmm. a Terminator? Um, or uh, not a, aren't they called Terminators as well? Like uh, and the Dreadnoughts and whatnot. Do they come from? No, Dreadnoughts are its own thing contained within the Space Marines. All right, it's really tech heavy, so I thought maybe that's. Well, you, they are tended to by the tech priests because it's technology, but that's its own separate thing. Okay, fair enough. But as far as I can tell, most of the Mechanicum, right? Like a lot of the pictures I've seen are usually just like guys in robes, but with like metal parts. Like when I said that they were horrifying, it's because you can find pictures usually of what look like, uh, what looks like it might have been a person. Except, like, whole one side of him has now been replaced with, like, a, a big um, machine tentacle. And it's not even, like, covered by plates, so you can just, like, see the gears and stuff, and it all looks oh, kick-ass. Kind of... Yeah, I'm looking up pictures right now. You advance through the ranks, you get to add, replace another part of your body with glorious, glorious machine parts. And the higher up you are, the more machine parts you get. A prime example is... Uh, Belisarius Call, who is a big character in lore right now, who they retroactively included way back into Chorus Heresy, when he, you know, kind of had a couple cybernetic arms and whatnot, and now he's like eight feet tall and has all these claws and tentacles, and he's copied his brain in like three separate parts, which is also another common thing. They divide their brains into separate parts so they can multitask. They can go, all right, brain A, you're going to focus on cogitating the odds that I win. Brain B, you're going to cogitate what I should do if I should lose. And brain C, you're going to make me a mimosa. Also, you'll find the claws. I'm looking at my first pictures of of these guys, and I'm really digging this. It's kind of like the... That whole period where Todd McFarlane was releasing um, his version of what manga would look like if he drew it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I like this. Uh, Anyway, continue. If you just just Google Tech Priest, just that, like the first picture is such a perfect example of everything we're talking about. Like You can see all the pipes and stuff. But he's still a guy in a robe with like an oil lantern on his belt, you know? Yeah. I I don't know why this is so my jam, but it is. Well. Like I said, they're oh. crazy and inventive, and they have a really cool, unique design, and no two are really the same. Also, claws, 
just in general. Like, I, I, I keep finding an excuse to bring up the Emperor, but he's a big deal. Like, all his images are very... His, he's very iconic. He wears golden power armor with a big-ass, like, claw on one hand that has... All of the fingers look like little swords. It's really awesome. <laughs> yep, and he wields a big-ass flaming sword. As you do. Yeah, if you're going by the Emperor, you need to be able to whoop some ass. By the way, side note, we're getting a Warhammer uh, show sometime soon. We're getting a bunch. Like I they, only know of the one, but they, are they are they live action or are they going to be like um like we've Netflix? Got a, we've digital. got an animated one. We've got a live action one, quote unquote, in development. We have an anthology series in development. They just opened up a whole studio to develop Warhammer TV. See, Games I'll watch Workshop. the shit out of it. Games Workshop in the last uh, fifteen years or so has learned through video games that the their their well I shouldn't say learned but their philosophy has seemingly been yeah we'll give them a, the the license to anyone who wants to make a game and that way they'll just be a bunch made and some of them will be good some of them will be bad people will forget the bad ones but the good ones will get held up that's how we get things like uh, Vermintide you know yeah and they've also kind of wait wait a second these people will spend how much on miniatures what if we sold them paraphernalia they'll buy that too oh wow okay. No, they just made their highest grossing year ever this last year. And Good for them. They've been like, around for a long time. They deserve yeah, it. they finally got their shit together and went, we can sell this. This is not a niche hobby as we thought it was. There are people that actually like it. We just have to scrape off the grody bits. But I will say that the, the reason I bring up the, the show, right, the live action show we're getting is going to be based around a famous Inquisitor who I actually don't know that much about. I've watched a couple of videos on him, but I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but because... It will be an introduction to the general audience of Warhammer. It's probably going to be pretty light on like Xenos, as in aliens. It'll mostly follow, you know, the Inquisitor dealing with demons. But I feel like the Adeptus Mechanicum is something, or Mechanicus, we, is something we could expect to, like these pictures of tech priests. Like that would be like, hey, we've got three episodes left of the season. Let's put in a tech priest. And I know it's going to cost a lot, but. Just you, get one in there. The thing with them is you can do a very low-ranking adept and, you know, go real simple. You don't have to do the big dude that's, you know, 12 feet tall and has multiple arms and tentacles and all sorts of crazy stuff. You can just go, yeah, see Frank over there? Half his face is machine and he's got four arms? That's the Adeptus Mechanicus. We'll talk about them next season. Or even then, you don't have to do that. You can go even more basic and we'll kind of move into basic military force. This Skitari, yes. which are cyborgs. That is the cyborg legion of the Mechanicus, because the priests, they're all about learning stuff. The Zikatari, they are programmed to go and fight. And the first thing they remove from them are their legs. Right. Then they can walk forever. Well, their lore is, like, apparently the first settlers of Mars walked until their legs fell off before they were able to find a suitable place to live. And so, in honor of them, the Zikatari, the first thing they replace are their legs with robot bits so they can quite work. quite literally a walking metaphor it's good yeah. by the way i feel like i should have asked this question a long time ago but what is the adeptus's uh at least those who know of it what are their stance on the necron they don't like them they represent abominable intelligence as far as they're concerned oh even though they're originally not ais nobody knows that all they know is that creepy robot there just came back from the dead and it's zenith. Oh. Okay. Fair so enough. then, so then, hold. So then, it, it really quick question. Then, 
if they are a science as religion hybrid, then is there since there is a ton, not a ton of religion in Warhammer, um, is there an an afterlife believed in, or is that just what not? I understand. Well, they are functionally immortal. Like they just keep right arts. And from what I understand, the whole goal is kind of like Buddhism. When you remove all your earthly bits, you go and join the Omnissiah and become part of the great all-knowingness. Okay, okay. And become one with the universe. And that's why they're all about, you know, replacing as much of you with robot parts as possible without becoming AI, because AI is bad. But machine right. spirits are good. You still want to be controlled by a human brain, but be as close they to. They even go so far as replacing their brains with cybernetic bits. But it's, that's but... why they have this idea of the machine spirit. Well, the machine spirit's weird. So I, I... machine spirit, okay. Full on AI cyborg, bad. Yes, and the machine spirit's really weird as to what it actually is or is not. Weird. Like some people are of the mind that. The machine spirit is AI. It's a very primitive AI, but it's called a machine spirit. So it's not. Whereas other people go, no, it's just something they make up. It, it, it's a basic program. But my favorite example of the machine spirit actually is AI is there was a Land Raider, which is a big tank for the Space Marines, that its entire crew died. So it drove around killing orcs until all its bullets ran out. And then it ran over the orcs until they gummed up its tracks. So then it opened its hatch, drew all the orcs inside, and blew itself up. That's cool. That makes me think that, no, this isn't just basic programming. There's a sentience there. But, but a sentience they've learned to accept and well, they believe and it all is, other AI is... Like, well, I, I have read... In, in correct, big, me if correct me if I'm wrong, Org. I feel like I've asked you this before, but I've read several... Uh, pages that reference the idea that the machine spirit right is like something that is in all tech that That is what they believe totally that it exists in everything even knives well i I remember reading something like that it tech doesn't work without the machine spirit and that if they are if you go to like an adeptus to check out a gun they have to do you know the ritual to get the machine spirit into the gun before you can take it this is the energy cannot be created, destroyed, only changed um, idea where like the Church of Christ scientist people and all of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I know this one. So yeah. you know, they do believe it exists in all things. And that's I, I don't know if there's a machine spirit in a knife, but I do know there's machine spirits in, you know, the bigger things because it's talked about. And like any of the pilots, the bigger machines talks about. Yeah, this one has an angry machine spirit. It says kill, burn, maim. Well, that's just very much in line with the Imperium at that point. Well, yeah. No shit. World eaters. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Well, I just meant that. Uh, yes. What is the, uh, I Everything never... is. Every... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I never remember the exact quote. You know, the, the burn the heretic, kill the. Burn the heretic, kill the mutant, purge the unclean. I knew purge the unclean and burn the heretic. I just couldn't remember kill the heretic. Yeah, no, my words are all jumbled now. I'm sorry. Go on. So so the Skitari have no legs. They have robot legs. 
and they're almost they're almost entirely separate. They're not a much as much about replacing humanoid components, but they represent the basic they're the fighting force. And they get outfitted with whatever weapons they need to go to war and then get various classifications from there. You've got flying ones, you've got ones on weird robot horses, you've got ones on weird striders. They they are the base infantry. They are built to do whatever you need them to do and they still have a functioning like they're still people to an extent like they have thoughts and emotions as much as they're programmed through as much as they have left they are made from people uh the other end of that is the legio cybernetica which are these giant doom bots from long lost time periods that have inorganic brains so technically it's not ai hmm yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that's one of those um, I don't know when the lights off, it's not on kind of statements. Yeah, they they're really cool looking. If you can look them up, they're you know giant, twelve foot tall, big stomping machines. They have a very fifties sci fi feel to them, but they have a tech priest handler who programs like you follow me and you shoot anybody that looks like this, and they go okay, daddy, and then stomp, 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 and. That's it's very primitive AI, and since it's existed since long before the emperor came, they kind of got grandfathered in because they're just these big stomping brutes, and they go, "It isn't technically AI; it has a fake brain." They it's, look kind of like when the Iron Giant oh, goes them. all murdery. Yeah, yeah, they totally do. And they're old and they're big, and that kind of represents the soulless killing machine aspect of the Mechanicum. I like them. Yeah, they're really kind of cool. Uh, there's, an, there's an interesting story about one later on in the Horus Heresy series that becomes evil. So I know this is a very specific thing to point out, but every time I look up pictures of the Adeptus, a Mechanicus, um, or Tech Priests, they always have these crazy staves or staves. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what those are for. I just know that they stand out in the pictures all the time. Oh, cog axe. It's for hitting people. Fair enough. I know the cog is kind of like a big part of the symbology because their official symbol is a cog with a skull and then a machine skull on the other half to represent the perfect harmony of man and machine. See, I, believe the I, word, see... I believe the word you're looking for is symbolism. Yeah. Whenever I see the cog on stuff like that, I just picture these guys after like a long, hard life of work, just sitting around a Rotary Club meeting, bitching about politics, <laughs> but but in their full getup. Yeah. And in this case, if they try to bitch about politics, Inquisitors will show up at their door. No one wants That's that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the Adeptus Mechanicus has tried to pull shenanigans a couple times, and the Inquisition has gone, you get back here. So, okay, and then we've got the the nightly houses. Yes, the nightly houses are probably one of the coolest bits of 40k lore. It's kind of semi-recent. But basically, they are retrofitted technology of a sort, in that when humanity got sent out, we also said, hey, maybe we should send along giant construction walkers. And then Mm. uh, humanity got cut off, and people said, okay, maybe we need to retrofit these construction walkers to be able to fight, and they put big weapons on them. And then by the time the Mechanicus got back around to finding them, they had formed knightly houses in the sense of feudalism. 
Oh, yeah. This big piloted mech that are, you know, noble lords and houses. Well, my family has ridden this steed, and they refer to their uh, knights as steeds for, you know, countless eons and defending the people. And they kind of got folded in uh, to the Mechanicum. Some, they have varying loyalties. Some are loyal, have, you know, night worlds. And the Night Worlds are loyal to the Mechanicus. Others are loyal to certain Space Marine chapters, depending on where they fall. But they are basically big, chunky Gundams. I, I, I like you like. I'm, I'm looking at pictures of these. Aside from their truck nut flag that they all seem to be carrying along with them. Well, these things are badass. Because it, they are very steeped in the whole medieval knights. Oh, yeah. It's lords and ladies that pilot them. And this is kind of where you get into the cool bit of machine spirit is they plug themselves into the machine to interface. So they feel uh, the punches and the blows. And they also feel the machine spirit, which is the temperament behind the machine. And some are angry and very aggressive and some are a bit more tactical. But it's this constant kind of, you know, voice in the back of their mind goes, I want to go fight that thing. And if they come across one that they really hate or they have a bad experience with, they can overpower the pilot and take take control of their own. I get this vision in my head looking at these of a really cool Warhammer game where you could, like, fly around planet to planet finding these old things and switching them on Shadow of the Colossus style and, like, reclaiming them. I would just love a game where you could get the pilot one and, you know, oh my. parts and bits and make them better. God, they're so cool looking. Well, it's they funny, are. Chris, that you just basically tapped into that, what I was talking about, which is uh, there's a lot of times where entire fleets are sent out to try to recover, like, old technology. If there's just, like, rumors of on this planet there might be, you know, not necessarily a Titan, but something like that. It's like, oh, we'll send an entire Space Marine chapter to reclaim it. <laughs> And this is a great example of the technology was changed from its original purpose, but it was deemed okay. Because he started out as combat, you know, construction walkers, and they went, well, that's not a construction walker anymore. But the Omnisai is okay with this. We, we've talked about it. We like the flamethrower attachment. That, that's very nice. And the funny thing is, like, you can see bits on them that's like, yeah, that was originally used for construction. Like, some have giant chainsaw blades yep. big punchy fists like that that makes sense and you know others have big gatling cannons like that makes less sense and like there's even some like their stories are that they were they used to fight dragons and no one's really sure what the dragons were on this planet we just assumed it was some big scary xeno but they like they carry dragon heraldry on their uh shields and there, there are chaos versions of these ones you know ones that sided with uh the Dark Mechanicum, and they are spiky and scary, and they they're all sorts of scary, crazy. I'm seeing those. Yeah, those are those are terrifying. Uh huh. And of course, these two sides hate each other because one is a noble, is you know just a dumb lapdog, and the other is uh, defiled. What once made them great. And... I now kind of want in my brain to believe that. Um, uh, Great. Brain's going to shut off now. Um, Event Horizon takes place in the Warhammer universe. Yeah, you're, you're oh, yeah. All, no, we talked we talked before that. about how Event Horizon's depiction of I mean the entire plot of Event Horizon is basically the same as what happens if you travel through the warp unprotected. So, no, and fun fact, Stanley Kubrick was actually at one point going to adapt a very famous 
40K book into a movie. I didn't know that. Once you learn about the book, you kind of see what might have interested uh, Stanley Kubrick in it. Interesting. It's, it's the only Warhammer book to ever been written to be decanonized. Oh, that's way up Kubrick's alley already. Yeah, no, it was it's 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 weird. And like Warhammer's stance says it's canon and it's not canon at the same time in regards to most things. But this series went, no, that is no longer canon. That is that is bad. That is weird. That is it's very adult. Hmm. Yeah. No, I could I could talk about that one at some point, but who boy. Oh, don't worry. We're going to be doing plenty of these because because I find this fascinating. <laughs> I just don't want that to become a book club because I've heard passages read aloud and I do not wish to subject myself to that. No, no I, I like the book you've picked so far. I, I would have told you flat out if it wasn't my thing. And I I immediately got dragged right into it. I it it took like a chapter or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me for me to like lock into because the first two chapters are like we're building all of this stuff and we're saying names of stuff like we've said it before and you just have to accept it yeah, and then yeah. they and then they really nicely after after they get through him telling the story the first time and they pull you out of it and like kind of do a little bit of character stuff and i'm like oh i see what's going on here all right they're not just gonna dump me right into the middle of this all right, thanks, book. <laughs> so yeah, last on the list, and probably was one of the most iconic bits of Warhammer, right up there with Space Marines, is the Legio Titanicus and the Collegia Titanicus, which these are considered the Titans, right? Um, yeah, these are the Titans. They are considered the avatars of the Omnissiah. I'm looking at them right now. They are big ass. Robots of death and destruction. I don't know if it look like they're a castle. Like they actually have like castle towers on their shoulders and whatnot. Oh, hot damn! Emperor class. Yeah. So I'll start at the bottom with the very smallest, which are called Warlord Titans, and they operate in hunting packs, and they are known for having a very aggressive pack-minded machine spirit. Now, are these piloted as well, or are these? Yes, um, these are piloted. These have brains. Okay. Yeah, these are piloted, and. Because they are massive. Yes. And they require uh, multiple people because one person, they're so big and so powerful that the machines will overwhelm a single brain and kind of burn you out. Yeah. So they have multiple pilots. And the bigger they are, the more pilots they require, which are called principes. And the higher you rise through the ranks, the bigger titans you get to pilot. But yet at the very bottom, you have uh, warhounds. They're very fast. They're very aggressive. They're pack hunters. And, and they're kind of all legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one up from that is the Reaver Titans. They're kind of your bigger brother battle line kind of ones. And next one up, this is the most common one you're going to see. One of the most common, but, you know, they don't, after this, it gets really big. You get the Warlord class Titans. And these are big monsters. They got big shoulder-mounted guns. They got big, you know, hand-mounted guns. They just fight some of the craziest stuff. Like, they've got a special weapon, which is a rocket, if I'm going to my lore correctly, this is my favorite bits, that has a chunk of the warp contained in it that when fired off explodes and creates a mini warp rift that sucks everything inside it. And they are Damn. noted 
for you can hear tormented souls screaming inside them when they're in storage. And I always imagine... Did we mention that this goes so over the top as to be obviously (laughs) self-parody? Yes. No, I love it. I I love it, man. And entire cities of people live inside these things to make sure they operate and stay functioning. Like, there's tech priests climbing up and down these things and tech adepts all the time. And then the next one up, as Axel talked about, are the Emperor-class titans, which literally have castles on their backs alongside their big-ass weapons. Yeah, I, lo- I love this. And these are command posts, and they have legions of Skatari inside them in case anyone tries to board them. Jeez. Because boarding actions can happen, so you have to fight up the Skatari, and like legs will open and release uh, tons of Skatari just to come scrambling out. And they are kept asleep for long periods of time because they have very powerful, very angry machine spirits. And they get dropped out of the sky on these big boxes and then slowly woken up like an angry toddler going, hey, buddy, how's it going? We got a job for you. No, 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 don't, don't, don't start yet. We haven't got your weapons online because we know what happened last time. Like they have a thing called a volcano cannon, which just uh, renders material to just molten plasma. I am you know, looking at a picture of one of these things, and it is it is so cool. It's funny, looking at it makes me feel like someone looked at the AT-ATs in Star Wars and was like, but what if I could make like them do the Power Rangers thing, where they all combined? Yeah. I have a strange mm-hmm. question. So the the, the models, mm-hmm. are, they, are they to scale? Yes and no. Not usually, Nothing but there are really Titan scared. models that you can get. Oh yeah, <laughs> a Titan's about the size of a toddler. The model. That's I was I was gonna say I would expect it to be about that big. Yeah, no, that is like the big collector piece for anybody in the hobby, but they're like thirteen hundred dollars. But also, how, we talked about how big a a, uh, a game board was for this. Mm-hmm. So I mean. These are only fieldable in Apocalypse games, which is you just bring everything and I'll bring everything and we'll hang out for a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is most so what's of been the going races... on? Oh, oh, Ulrich and Chris have been in the basement for three <laughs> days. Most of the races have at least one unit, uh, at least in the lore, I don't know in the game necessarily, that achieves this kind of size. Example, in, for the orcs, we have squigoths, which are basically... Uh, the size of titans but they're like cthulhu elephants so (laughs) yeah and the cool thing about titans is they have what are called void shields which the only other place they are found are on starships and they have multiple overlapping ones because it's the only way they can fight each other and not immediately destroy each other now those are the big ones we have we have one which i believe is called the dominator class titan i don't know for sure it has a big ass gun on its back like think those giant world war one cannons that were transported on huge train tracks and slap that on the back of a warlord that's what i'm talking about and then we have the one that is talked about but i don't know if they've ever been seen anymore the psyker class titan which is a titan that can cast 40k version of magic I'm listening. Yeah, they're ba- it, uh, they're kind of obscure. They're both canon and not canon at the same time. 
but they have a full suite of, you know, regular pilots driving it around. And then at its core is a powerful psyker, which is someone that can manifest powers, lightning, flames, what have you. And they channel this through the Titan and do Titan level stuff. So a powerful psyker could call down a lightning storm and wipe out a good chunk of the battlefield. A psyker Titan could call down a lightning storm big enough to take out another Titan. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the um, the chaos equivalent generally, right, is like the Bloodthirster, which is a giant demon roughly the size of a Titan, right? Well, it's a demon engine, but they also they also have their own versions of Chaos Titans, and they get well, that too. But yeah, they get no. The main one for like uh, Chaos's class is a Lord of Skulls. That is. The Dark Mechanic. I was just trying to think of like the other. Yeah, I was just trying to think of the other giant. Yeah, no. Uh, Eldar have Wraith Titans. Orcs have Gorkonauts, Morkonauts, Squigoths. Tyranids have. I can't remember what they're called. Necron. Tyranids have what's basically Godzilla. <laughs> they got they got two big ass ones. But yeah, so this is the biggest thing in the universe. And it is considered the highest honor to be able to pilot one. But typically you have a pilot and you have a guy that runs one gun and a guy that runs another gun and a guy that runs the legs. And all the while they have this angry voice in the back of their head going, go smash, go smash, go smash, go smash. (laughs) And someday I will own one because that is, I want one. I know they're ridiculously expensive. I know they would take months to build and paint, but they're just so fucking cool. Yeah, dude, I, I'm I'm already in love with them, and I'm just hearing about them for the first time. Yeah, their size kind of varies. Like, there's no real consistent size, but most of them are considered skyscraper height, at least. But that's why I was saying, because of their sheer size and the power they bring, it, uh, from what I've read, it is not an uncommon thing that if there's even a rumor that, like, there's a Titan not yet discovered somewhere, they'll send an entire, like, Space Green chapter to retrieve they'll, they'll, it. They'll get somebody on it, because... Some of them, they still have SDCs for and they can produce, but the amount of resources it takes to make one makes recovering one paramount. And as I said earlier, these are the avatars of the machine god, and you just don't leave an avatar lying on the ground. Because if an orc got their hands on it, oh, that's the highest bit of blasphemy there. They're just going to make it all sorts of funky. Well, that's going to be a new Morkonaut right there. <laughs> I don't know what a looted titan would look like. I don't think that's ever happened. It's probably a lot more likely to be stolen by a, a chaos than orcs. Orcs would just dismantle it well, and make a morkanot. Chaos has to, you know, break the machine spirit. Or convince, oh. like, you want to go over. Because these ones, again, the big ones, like all of them, the reason there's multiple pilots is one that you just, your brain is, it's the Pacific Rim theory. One yeah. brain alone is not enough. But also, one brain alone is not enough to hold back the angry spirit that lives deep inside it. Now I have an interesting question. So these these um, tech priests, do they believe that they can control the machine spirit, or do they just accept it for what it is and learn how to harness it? Well, they believe you have to appease it. You have gotcha. to say nice things about it. You have to apply oil and smoke, and if you anger it, that is that is a because they believe the machine spirit is a fraction of the omnissiah. Right. So they got like all, they got a whole chance, and there, there's a list of things they believe you have to do, and that's also part of the whole powering up the machine of the Titans 
is it's appeasing its machine spirit and rousing it to war. It's one part for our own safety and one part, listen, this is just how Catholic Mass goes. We got yeah. 30 minutes of bowing and kneeling to appease God. Otherwise, we can't do 29 minutes because it's the 30-minute minimum. Yep. Because, of course, a machine god would be obsessed with bureaucracy and exactness. Hey, that zero zero one man. There is no other way. <laughs> it is the way. You must balance the equations. So, of all this, like, rambling and ranting at you, uh, is there any, like terms or ideas that pop out to you specifically that you might want to know more about i mean i i like you just said something right at the end there and that's why i asked the question about um the tech knights um or tech priests um that you said chaos tries to break the machine spirit and that that was an interesting comment and i'd like to hear more about that also, but before well, he gets into that, just take the word servitor, remember that, and ask us about it after he finishes. Okay. Oh, yes. Those are fun. So, a lot of, a portion of the knights fought and had loyalty to Horus and the Traitor Legions during the Horus Heresy. So, they kind of went over, like, they, you know, they, whatever they were able to can be convinced or cajoled, but sometimes like they'll capture a knight or they'll capture a titan to do something and they have to force them they don't believe so much in appeasing the machine spirit because that's not chaos's way as breaking it and you will do think of like they think of it more like a wild animal it will be broken and brought to my side or they will kill it and then put a demon in there and you get demon engines and a lot of times what that happens is a titan that has been taken by chaos or fell to chaos the machine spirit will kind of be, you know, flushed out and the demon we brought in and it will physically change and warp the metal to represent whatever god it is. Like if it was a Nurgle-based titan, it, the metal would start to rust and tentacles would sprout out of it and it would become almost biological. Nice. Yeah. Which means that corn uh, is probably the one that all the spikes come out of. <laughs> well, spikes is a very common thing for chaos, but... Corn, brat, they're going to become very much... That one would almost... You wouldn't really force the spirit out as, you know, ramp up its rage because that would just go right with corn. And I imagine before, corn is probably the hardest to, you know, knuckle under. Yeah. Well, before we uh, go... I We can totally go off tangent to the chaos there. I wanted to mention... Because th- we had overlooked servitors. And servitors yeah. are, for me, one of the most horrifying concepts in all of 40K. Because yeah. I, as I've said many times, found the Borg to be absolutely terrifying growing up. And servitors are kind of Warhammer's version of this concept. Yeah. Uh, so servitors exist all throughout the Imperium. They come up in the book we're reading uh, a couple times. But basically, a servitor is either A, somebody that so loved the Imperium they donated their body to the Imperium, or B, somebody who displeased the Imperium to the point that their body was taken, or C, somebody who wanted to be a space marine and couldn't quite make it, and their mind was shattered, so they just, you know, made them a walking cyborg. So you take a criminal, right? You, uh, you, you, take, maybe, a, you take a person. <laughs> yeah, but a big thing that makes it horrifying for me is like, oh, you committed a crime. 
We're not going to waste the resources of your body by just killing you. Instead, we're going to take away your entire free will, put a bunch of cybernetics in your body, and now you become a... Specifically, the, the codexes go out of their way to explain that when this happens, the consciousness of the person is still aware of what's happening. They just no longer have any control of their body at all. The servitor kinda is like, just a slave. Kind of like get out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, they just yeah, they, they take that... Flicker at the back of your mind of what you used to be, but most of your brain is now machine. And if you and you have a very specific purpose, there are you know servitors that just march around carrying platters. There are uh, weapon servitors, and then there's the cherubs. Oh, I don't like this name at all. They rewrit the lore for the cherubs recently, but the cherubs are baby servitors. Oh no, I don't like it. And it used to be exactly that. No, now I don't like they, it. They, they changed the lore that they vat grow them. So they vat grow babies with no consciousness to put robotic parts in. And they're very popular amongst the religious orders to carry trumpets and wings. And they're super. Uh, well, because oh, that, I told you, man. That's, servitors, that's so gross. Yeah. Uh-huh. Servitors in general terrify me. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's, gr- it's gross in like a, an amazing way, but it's so gross. Yeah. Like one of the big things about servitors is the biological parts will start to break down and the metal parts come through so then they become tech zombies oh oh my lord yeah they serve every purpose this is like there's bulk servitors that build stuff and carry stuff there's transport there's a servitor for everything and it's just some poor soul pissed off the wrong person and now lives the existence of a bork oh we are trapper keeper we are one (laughs) yeah (laughs) Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, this just is... a basic search of servitor cherubs, uh, I regret already. Uh-huh, so. No, they changed the lore to make them less creepy, but they're still, and they're everywhere. And the fact that, you know, flocks of them uh, populate the churches across the Imperium always weirded me out. And whenever they pop up... Oh, the... yeah, I don't like this at all. Yeah, whenever they pop up in the books, they're made, it's like, no, this one is broken. Like, it's oh, weird, kind of this flat. one is... This one has a blindfold. Uh, oh yeah, I, there's ones with blindfolds and Oh, I don't like that. Nobody likes them and they are they are like everyone kind of plays up how gross they are. Then there's servo skulls, which is just a floating skull that if you were pious, your skull got to be used as a messenger. Oh, that's just that's great. Nothing is wasted in the Imperium. Yeah. It should go without saying that, generally speaking, if you're not an Astartes, uh, life in the Imperium, or a high-ranking officer, life in the Imperium's pretty shitty most of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the best jokes that comes up, is uh, you just found out you're living your favorite fantasy universe. What's your reaction? 40k people? Oh, God, no. No, I want back. I don't want to live here. <laughs> 40k is a great example of an amazing sci-fi world that you can get really lost in but don't want to live in for any reason <laughs> oh no, no not again so, oh that's yeah, awesome think... by the way i love i'm just going through a list of different servitor types and there's one called a murder servitor yep. <laughs> I love how blunt the name is any purpose you can imagine and they they work on wafer cards jesus like you put a little command wafer in their brain and they just follow that programming until another one gets put in. I just like, why can't we just have like an army of Baymaxes? <laughs> they'd be adorable. 
Because that's not terrifying to the enemy. I am not fast. But I'll, <laughs> but, but I'll murder your ass. Oh, that, Jesus. Well, that's they will slowly just, you know, plod along. Oh, all right. Well, I think uh, in the interest of our host's sleep schedule, we should. Wow. Yeah, have fun with that stuff. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I, I do. I want to keep doing this, though. This is fascinating to me. And I, I appreciate you guys trying to learn me some stuff. Um, we love any excuse to talk about it. So, yeah. And this one's a lot easier because Mechanicum, that's a lot. That's a lot smaller than what is 40K? Well, but I think that was a good starting point. Um, that was a great starting point, but it still remains almost like, fuck. Okay. Sorry. I was like, no, no, I loved it. But, you know, just looking back, I'm like, that's why I went this time. I'm like, Chris, oh, you need to pick a faction. I can, I can do a faction. Oh, and um, yeah, no, exactly. And that's what I think we'll do um, moving forward is we'll just go. We'll just go through factions and make this be a regular bit because I like it. All right, that's, that can work. I'm glad you like it. So just let us know what the next faction you want to hear about is, and we'll figure something out. <laughs> Sweet. Well, you guys, um, even though people that are fans of me um, should not be strangers to you, tell these people who you are and where they can find you. All right, that's on you, man. You're better at this than I am. All right. Well, we are the Geeks with Shields podcast. We talk all things geeky, nerdy, dorky, and everything in between on a weekly basis you can find us at geeks with shields on most of the social media platforms and most of the podcast hosting platforms uh chris is a frequent guest um basically our goal is to provide you a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline and every day it feels like it's getting a little bit darker so that makes me feel that this podcast becomes a little bit more important exactly and and i found these fine gentlemen by them sharing a similar interest in putting good uplifting or at least not dark awful um reminders of how shitty the world is out there and more just reminders that the things that you use to cope and the things that you do that are fun um actually have some meaning to you and others and we just like to talk about it and you know it, it podcasting has allowed me to do you know We've talked about this before. You get like uh, through college and through other stuff, and um, you uh, you forget to have downtime to just do stuff like this. And it's allowed me to be like, oh, I can just geek out and talk about something for an hour and then go back to my life. But I've been looking forward to this all week, so I, I appreciate it. No, this has been a lot of fun. I've needed a good 40K conversation because the community sometimes. Please <laughs> do not think the community represents the hobby as a whole please also also keep in mind that there is plenty of at least in my experience and Ulrich has much more of this than i do but there it's like any fandom really in that there are plenty of people that are just actually cool people that you can enjoy this thing with it's just that the particularly vocal ones all you gotta do is run across one of the problem people and uh it's it's bad so but don't don't judge the whole thing based on that you know and by and large, we know the fascism is a joke. We're in on the joke. Please do not assume we're all fascists. And a guy coming at it from the outside, knowing that it had that, reads it and kind of goes, really? People think this is serious? Oh, yeah. Deadly serious. It's like, people, it's like people reading um, Starship Troopers and taking the wrong thing away from it. 
Well, especially in that case, considering that the how you would interpret that and authorial intent, and then compare that to the movie and directorial intent, and anyway, that's a whole conversation right there. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're going to do an episode about Starship Troopers. I just haven't found the angle for it yet. But anyway, you know exactly, and, I, and I'd like to be on that episode. Uh, thank you guys for shooting the shit with Chippa, um, and we will be back with you soon.